Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. It is week of July 15th, and it's me, George, and Andrew Brennan. What's up, Andrew? Yeah. Hey. And this week, we're talking a little bit deeper about um, some hurts. So I feel like a lot of people have been hurt by the church at some point, or maybe you never have, which is perfectly awesome that you've never been hurt by the church. But uh, we've all been hurt by the church, and we want to kind of tell our story and about how um, it about forgiveness, and even maybe for some of us, uh, we're working through forgiving from what happened in the past. Yeah. So who wants to go first? Why are you no. looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> you got something to say, Andrew. We know it. <laughs> Hang on. So we just so everybody knows, before we get into this real deep topic of uh, this, um, <clears throat> we've been talking and we've recorded once and uh, we just <laughs> didn't work out. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, even with the recordings and stuff, uh, I don't know, it's just we're just having fun, and uh, we definitely need your guys' support in our podcast. And uh, sharing and uh, rating us on iTunes is huge. So please share and rate us because that's how we get the word out more. Yes, please. And also, bring this up right at the beginning here. Um, with this stupid corona, COVID, I know I have friends on both sides that are, you need to wear your mask. You don't need to wear your mask. If he's wearing, if he's wearing a mask, why do I have to wear a mask? The thing is, if us as Christ followers, we should be leading by example. And maybe we're not wearing the mask for ourselves, but we're wearing it for other people, you know, respecting them. Just like when Paul was in Rome, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. I hate I hate the masks. I hate wearing it. I don't like it. And I also want to be respectful of even fellow Christian brothers and sisters that are saying, please wear the mask, um, doing churches. So, Jacob, you have a connection yeah. with sleeves, yeah. which have these awesome neck gaiters and masks. I was looking at their their site. They've got so much stuff, cool stuff, cool stuff for hunters and stuff and cool masks and stuff that the neck gaiters that work will work great as a mask. And they're definitely more breathable than a lot of the crap that we got out out there wearing a bandana around my head, which I do. But I'm going to be getting one of these sleeves neck gaiters and getting them for my whole household. So So what's cool about them is... That they actually, I don't know if they're a Christian company or not, but they definitely do produce Christian things. Like, um, there's one that was like by the blood. Um, there was a man of God. You can get a headband that says that, and you can get a neck gaiter that says uh, man of God. Um, the one that me and Jill wear a lot is like, it's got a bunch of, uh, for lack of better words, like, Good sayings that like blessed, favored, 
and then God is like huge on it. And then um, you even have support the police where you have the blue line and all that, which obviously to me that's super important because that's a part of what I've done before. And then um, there's for the military, there's American flags. There's uh, you got a cool lion one. Yep, there's like a lion of Judah kind of thing. Uh, there's there's all sorts of stuff. Like, and then just all sorts of colors, too. Yep, and you can get custom-made ones, so you can get your name on it and stuff like that. And so Your business name. Yep. So if you got a business, you got to provide your people with masks and neck gaiters or whatever. The neck gaiters are actually cheaper than the masks, and they yep. still are just as effective for for what people are saying we need them for. Just cover your face up. And go to the bank. Yep. <laughs> go to the <laughs> bank. And so, um, if you guys do, uh, what you can do to help us, and it supports us for more podcast stuff and guests and to bring more people in, is send us your email that you're going to use to buy the product. Because if you do, we would put you in the system. And I could also send you a link for 20% off and 40% off. But you gotta you gotta Facebook message us or Instagram or whatever, and then you can put the link in the on our yep. podcast page too, right? The links on the podcast page, you click on it, and that'll take you right there. But, so yeah. I will be doing that. Sleeves, sleeves. So, um, Andrew, you're telling us a story that I think was hilarious. So why don't you go ahead with your Brennan story? Brendan, Brandon, Brendan. So for, for anybody who's listening, my full name is Andrew Kasumi Brendan. Um, is a lot of times confused with the first name, Brandon. And if anybody's been in the military or played football, you're used to being called your last name. So two days ago, I went to just a, a salad shop. And in front of me, he just places his order, he leaves, um, and I placed my order. They asked for my name. I said, Andrew. And I wait for about five minutes. And this lady comes out around the corner. And she's like, Brandon? And without instinct, or without just a pause, I reached out and said, hey, that's me. And I grabbed it. <laughs> and then in the corner of my eye, I see the other guy. And he goes, hey, is that for Brandon? And, and I respond, yes. I don't know why I grabbed it. <laughs> and then he takes it from me. You know, he just walks away. And I just, uh, to me, it was comical because we're both wearing masks. We're obviously trying to social distance, and he's just thinking some Asian dude just grabbed my food. What's going on here? It doesn't help that I'm Asian, but <laughs> if, if I don't he, know. If he had the mask on, though, could he tell? You're Asian, you're wearing a mask. Well, I mean, my eyes probably give it away the most, right? Uh, it's actually the, the other half of my my face makes me look like more Mexican than anything. Nothing against Hispanic. <laughs> well, anyways, and, I don't know why you made me tell that story. <laughs> this is funny. I would. I mean, <laughs> looking at you, you're in Texas, right? Aren't you in Texas or you know New Mexico? He's in yep. Texas. Okay, so yep. you're in Texas. Looking at the bottom half of your face, yeah, I'd say this dude looks like he's Mexican. Top half, for sure. Let's see the top half. Oh yeah. Asian with the China, China virus. <laughs> sorry if we offended anyone. No, not really. I'm not sorry. 
Can I tell that <laughs> I one story? Can you tell that one story about what our roommate Josh said with the football to the face? Do you remember oh, that? Man, one? I don't remember. I don't remember. It'll be a refresher for me. I don't care. Okay. So we're way off topic, but <laughs> oh, we are. We'll get back to it. Um, so we have plenty of time. Uh, so are we uh, doing two? I don't know. Oh. Um, so um, when me and Andrew were at Fuddruckers, Fuddruckers, just to make sure nobody thought I said something else. It's a burger place. They sell like two pound cheese. Do they still exist? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, they do. Okay. And so uh, we we went there, and um, Andrew was telling a story, and Andrew's like, "Oh yeah, I got hit in the face so hard with a football, like right on my eye." And uh, our friend, our roommate Josh, was like, "Oh, so when it hit you in the eye, did you go from I cannot see anything to oh I can see the world, and then it closed again?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh." Josh, you did not do that. And Andrew, you're like, you're a jerk. <laughs> so what brand? That's probably why I didn't. What brand of Asian are you? What brand of Asian? <laughs> I'm of the Toyota kind. No, I'm, actually, I guess so I am. Japanese. <laughs> Japanese. Yeah. Okay. I'm not no Hyundai Kia crap. No, one of one of my my friends actually, my wife went to high school with this guy. And uh, he he is he married one of my friend's daughters, whatever. But he kept saying, "I'm Asian, I'm Asian, I'm Asian." I'm like, "Okay, great." And so, what brand of Asian are you? I don't know why it was so. <laughs> it's still funny to me, but I, I I think you should be proud of your culture. I I do. And, 100%. Yeah, and I. I don't understand. I don't like that people get so offended when people say where they're from and what their culture is, and like, especially in, you know, you. especially in in now nowadays. Like, go ahead, celebrate your culture. I'm all good for that. I please do share your culture with others. It's, I don't. It's interesting and and it's helpful. Yeah. Like when we had Paul on, that was super, like, I, I talked to people about that and how much that meant to me having Paul Fernandez mm. on. It was super, a super good podcast, and he he definitely spoke into our lives about, like, what Black Lives Matter means, and he was like, I'm not talking about blacklivesmatter.com, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, when we were talking about it, I was like, I guess there has to be a different one than the .com. But every, no offense, but all the white people flock to the .com, which is, like, about abortions and all that crap. But, yeah, I, I think it's important to, to love your culture and all that, even if you are German like I am. Um, <laughs> that our heritage wasn't always the greatest. I thought you were New Mexican. Put it down. Put it down. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I don't know why this podcast is just all over the place, but on a side note, more off topic, uh, <laughs> um, continue might as well. Um, so with this, have you seen the money shortage thing? No, like, money like, shortage. like there's, there is coin shortage now. 
Like, there's been signs, and they're like, there's a coins shortage. And I'm all, I have so many quarters at home, like pennies and dimes. Do you need them? Right. <laughs> because, like, everywhere I've been here in Tooele, they're like, there's a, a chain shortage. I'm like, how does that even happen? It's because people like Probably us have them in a big them. jar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not collecting them, but I know people do. And I'm, but I'm like, but this is way off topic. But this is very biblical in the fact that, hey, we're trying to come up with a one world economy kind of thing. Right, and and I think that that's more of what it is. Is is there really a coin shortage or this is just more of a control thing if you want to go with conspiracy theory stuff? Because um, I, I went into the gas station and it said no cash accepted, cards only. What if What if I don't, what if I just filled up my tank and I, I'm not carrying cash? Or if you do carry cash, they're not going to give you change back. Hmm. I, I don't, I don't get that. It's kind of... It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And they're blaming it on the COVID. Nope, just use your card. So when did COVID start eating metal is my question. <laughs> this is your question. Sorry, we're way off topic here, people. But I, 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 don't, think, I don't think we are. I, I, because I think we can bring it back to being <laughs> hurt in the church. And it's these things that we're talking about, like differences in... I'm going to wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask that are things that people get offended about by church, you know, about in churches. Well, if you're not going to, if you're not going to wear a mask, then you can't come to my church anymore. If you speak in tongues, then you're not really a Christian. If you don't speak in tongues, you're not really a Christian. We're not going to go over there because they're Baptists. We're not going to go over there because they're Catholics. This has been going on since the start of the church. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. You know, these offenses that have been going on that the enemy, Satan, has used to attack us and tear us apart and try and divide us. And by dividing, he can conquer. Because, you know, Satan is is miserable. He's got to be, you know. He's out of the presence of God. So what I've always said is, he wants to take as many people down with him because misery loves company. Yeah. I don't want to be miserable all alone, so I'm going to take as many people with me as I can. Just like if we're grumpy, Gus's, you know, just hating on everything, and I'm, I'm just going to tell everybody how much I hate everything, and I hope they hate it too. Yeah. And even, like, when we're complaining about stuff or we're saying, hey, I got hurt by the church. Oh, yeah, I got hurt by the church too. Yeah. Well, how'd you get hurt by the church? Oh, yeah, well, they did this to me. Well, yeah, I hate them because they did this to me. And then you've got two people that are hating the church and not bringing, neither one of them are bringing it back around to, hey, I was hurt, and the word says I need to forgive. I need to forgive my, not just forgive the person that hurt me that may not be a Christian, but forgive my Christian brothers. Yeah. You know, when in um, Matthew 18, 21, it says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, Jesus replied, 70 times seven. Um, 
So that's what, 490, right? 70 times 7, 490. It's mm-hmm. not really going about the actual number. If you, if you really look back into the scripture, 7 is like an infinite number. So forgive that person an infinite amount of times. And Peter wasn't just talking about someone just off the street that hurt him. He's talking about a brother that has offended him several times and keeps offending him. You know, so yeah. so what do we do? If we're following Christ's model and saying we're Christians and we've been hurt by the church, I think we're supposed to forgive. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but we can also talk it out and, yeah, you know. And so even with what you said, um, I, like, I think it's important to tell the story and how you overcame the story. Absolutely. And so because something that I tell the youth we're always with is your story matters mm-hmm. because that can change a life. For instance, the way Andrew got saved, that was a completely like the way me and him connected and all that was all God. And that story matters because it was just me and him on a bus and I start talking about a rapture and he's like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man the heck's a rapture and so I explained it to him and then he's like oh yeah hey man do you think I can go to church with you next week yeah let's go and he's like okay and that's how that happened um but so uh I guess I can start and you can kind of intertwine Andrew because ours intertwines uh a little bit and so like our story uh, mine, Andrew's, and even my wife and a girl that Andrew liked at the time. Um, <laughs> it's still, it's still an important story to tell. But um, yeah. So when when we were back in Bible college, we came back, um, and like I don't know if you remember this, but I remember this being a part of the issues. Obviously, we're compressing it, but um, one of the issues were. Uh, we were asked to be interns, which was awesome. Me and Andrew were totally like, oh, yeah, we'll be interns. We'll work at the snow shack and and be at the church all the time. This is kind of like a dream come true for us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think sometimes as Christians, uh, we get thoughts in our head that we can do what God or make a way where God's not telling us to go. And that was kind of our situation where we're like, uh, not that God didn't tell us to go there, but we're like, oh, this is the way it's going to be, God. Let me tell you how it's going to be done. And God was like, well, <laughs> I'll let you, I'll, I'll, I'll watch this play out. And um, <laughs> uh, so um, with that, uh, me and Andrew were in this internship um, with a couple other guys that I, I love those dudes. And um, we were like reading over their like pamphlet. And it was really weird because they gave us the pamphlet like, hey, this is our Bible school. Check it out. What does it say? And Andrew, I think you read it first. And I was like, okay. And you go, what is this crap? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about, man? Oops. And um, I was like, what are you talking about? And Andrew is like this. And he shows me this line and it's like, hey, there's no reason for you to leave your church and go to Bible college in another state. 
And it was like taking shots at us and they had us like proofreading it. <laughs> Me and Andrew both were like, <laughs> well, that's cool. But if God calls you to go to a different state, you should probably do that. And so even in that, me and Andrew felt hurt and offended, but I, I don't know how, mm-hmm. how hurt or offended you were. Both of us were like, oh, that's that's messed up and kind of moved on. And then yeah. I don't know if that was the keys and the sign yet. but um, No, but it probably built up to it. And, and that but. was kind of like maybe maybe we forgave but didn't really forgive in that moment because that, that was building on hurts. And so, um, then Andrew and I, I started to really like Jill and we worked in the snow shack. She was our boss. Yes. My wife was my boss. Ha 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 ha. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, and so, um, that's kind of how it was. And, um, Jill was really cool about it because either they were going to fire me and Andrew and have us find jobs or Jill could leave and go back to a job she was doing before. And so she's like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll go. And so she went. And during this time, me and Andrew uh, had these I, – I had Jill. Andrew had the girl he was dating who will remain nameless in this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so um, – so he was, he was dating her. I was dating Jill, and um, I just remember them talking about uh, your past, and you can maybe re- relay on that a little bit more about that. But I remember that really hurting you. And then with me, it was the same thing. Like they talked to Jill, and were like, "Hey, um, yeah, you probably shouldn't date Jacob because this, 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 this," but. I think it was different for both of us what happened because I I was more inclusive with who I told anything to, like personal, <laughs> and I didn't really tell the youth pastors at the time anything about what big stuff. So when they were talking, it was kind of talking out of the wind, and they're like, well, to Jill, like, hey, I, I don't feel God's telling you to do this. And so – um they told her that, and that really hurt her feelings and all that because she was, like, living with them. And then they pulled me in there, and I just remember being, like, I already know what they told Jill. And they're, like, hey, uh, so Jill's, like, my daughter, blah, blah, all this stuff. And I'm, like, but she's not because she has a dad. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was a little bit ornery. I'll, t- I'll admit that. But you are telling people their past or what you perceive as their past. And then you're speaking on behalf of God to somebody who loves Jesus, who cares about God, who's praying and reaching out. And you're, and I think this is where people get hurt is that they try to say, Hey, this is what God's saying over your life, but it doesn't match up with your soul or your, your heart on, Hey, this is what, what that is. That makes sense. And then I don't know. If you want to tell your part of the story and I can finish or whatever. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, or I didn't marry the girl that I was dating at the time. I, I will admit though, I doubt she listened to this, but I will admit though, I did not treat her as the godly man shit. So while Jacob's warning again, dating Jill was probably invalid. I could, I looking back, I could kind of see, 
um, those sort of warnings in kind of like, Hey, like maybe I really shouldn't be uh, dating this girl. And it had nothing to do with her. Honestly, I just needed to grow up more and I needed to mature more in Christ. But, uh, my, my biggest thing from that scenario, I don't take, (laughs) I don't take somebody telling me what to do with my life very easily. Um, I'm, I'm very much prideful in that sense. And so when I heard some stuff like that talk about, um, I don't think she, I don't think the girl really ever told me in detail what exactly was said in closed doors. But I mean, in, in all fairness, I think it wasn't, he's a great person, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think for me, what it, what it did for me is that it, it kind of broke my trust with our, our youth pastors at the time yeah. because, um, that was the church I got saved in. And so for me, I had already, and, and this is something I'm realizing now I had, I had always had to defend that church to my parents because my parents were like, my dad straight up thought that our church was a cult. Like yeah, 100%. He was like, this is a cult. Um, I lost my son. And so anytime I couldn't talk to my parents about it because anytime I'd mention anything, that's, their go-to like what's the cult that's why but uh that when they were talking about our relationships like that that was the first moment of trust broken between me ship that probably led to me exploding that one day in the snow shack you want to tell that far? i don't know if I'm, <laughs> yeah i think because to be honest man like that day was a blur to me so a little frustrating so just Which so we'll get going to that point. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get back to that point. Go ahead. No, no, I was saying we'll get back to the point about being mad. Oh, okay. And so, um, like, like where he was at, he, uh, was super mad. They, uh, I, I remember, well, I just remember a lot of things, but <laughs> I, I remember that, uh, they did talk about your past and your relationships with girls and that's, was something that was kind of a big deal and that was what broke trust with you more than anything. And, um, mm-hmm. we were, we were there, they were, they were saying all these things and, um, we were working in the snow shack <laughs> and I'm working in the office, like proofreading something, doing something like that. And all of a sudden you come in there, you're like, I'm so mad. This is crap. All this stuff. They're doing all this. They're talking about me, all this. And then you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I was like, what? And you're like, I'm going to quit. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and so you go and write this <laughs> on a piece of paper, I quit, leave the keys <laughs> on top of the ice chest that we had to roll out to take the ice ice to, and you just <laughs> you quit and, and you just walked away. And like I was like, man, where are you going? And you're like, I'm going to the movies. And so you went and watched a movie. You shut off your phone. Uh, the the youth pastors at the time come and were like, where's Andrew? Well, I guess he left. <laughs> he quit. <laughs> like, they read your sign. And I'm trying not to lose it because I'm like, oh, boy. Did Andrew just really quit over a paper? And um, they're like, where did he go? And like, I was like, oh, he left. I don't know. And they're like, well, he's not answering his phone. I was like, yeah, he's, he's going to go watch a movie or something. I get as you told me. And I was like. So it's going to be a while before you can talk to him. And like, okay. And I remember 
you like apologized a bunch to me because you're like, because I don't think I was supposed to work that day. And you're like, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> like, yeah. My bad. And I was yeah. like, oh, it's cool. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, I'm willing to work. <laughs> I'm willing to work the snow shack to see how this turns out. <laughs> so, uh, Andrew comes back. Uh, he talks to him and he, he works back in the snow shack. But I feel like it took, well, for me personally, it took a good while to like recover and forgive. Like uh, George was saying that um, it took time and it took time to heal and time to forgive. And, and um, I think it was easier for us because we got to leave. Like yeah. it took a little bit of time, but like we were there when I was like, Hey, I'm getting over this. And then by the time we left, I felt like, I was just like, oh, well, whatever. I'm still dating Jill, so. Yeah. I guess whoever you heard wasn't God, so. The, I think the danger comes in, in our in our situation, and I hate to, um, you know, generalize this for everybody who goes through something like that, but in our situation, um, it when you're in an environment that, um, they're very forward in the way that you walk. And they're very forward about like telling you how you should be living your life. And then very quick to talk about if you're offended, you need to get over it. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. We were in a, we were kind of in a church culture that was very much like hands on in your life, which in some cases that, that definitely is valid. I'm not saying that you can't do that, but, if there was ever something or a situation like that moment where I walked away, I don't like, I, I, I went into that situation because I was, I was, you know, like raised in such a way. And I believe the spirit in me just says, Hey man, you messed up. You need to go apologize regardless of what happens. Um, but that wasn't necessarily a situation where the other side was as repentant about what was going on. Um, I think that's the tough part is sometimes when you sometimes you have to give somebody even if they don't see because um, I don't want to say they were unwilling but they may just not have seen the way that they offended me and I think a lot of stories that I've heard of people telling me about their offense in churches that's where they kind of get hooked up on is that well they all they want to quote is you know scriptures about how we don't need to be offended but that we need to forgive but really at the end of the day, forgiveness is something that we ourselves need to, we need to do for ourselves. And I know that I, I'm kind of rambling right now, but for anybody who's happening to still listen to this, the moment, well, your pain's real. Um, that's not what we're trying to say. And we're not trying to say forgiveness is easy. Um, and we're not even trying to say that when you say forgiveness or when you give forgiveness, that it's reciprocated back. Like that's not the case at all. Um, but I know that moment for those pastors, you know, anytime I see them, bless them, love on them. If I, we don't ever talk, but you know, that doesn't mean I have like this. Mr. So-and-so and so-and-so, how are you doing today? Um, I, I, I just think that, I don't know, man, but uh, like I said, I'm rambling, but that, that back and forth, the loss of trust, the unrepentant sort of, vibe that I got from them and, and 
I was in the wrong and I was definitely wrong. They weren't in the wrong. Uh, it just kind of more than anything, just helped me understand. All right, God, like you're obviously leading me in a dir- different direction right now. Um, but yeah, um, plenty right. of other stories about it, but I think that kind of ends that one though. <laughs> I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying there with having that, like the forgiveness kind of is more for us to be able to forgive so we can move on because it's not always going to be reciprocated. People aren't always going to admit to possibly offending you or trying to take control over your life and say, no, you can't hear from God. Only we can hear from God, which does seem kind of cultish to me. Maybe your parents were right, but no, (laughs) (laughs) but, but that seems very controlling. And I know that there, that there's, churches that do that that they kind of well this is a real this is a really great person that's bringing people into our church we don't want to lose them and we don't want them to move on and go somewhere else and especially we don't want them to start a church right down the street from us because they'll pull our our parishioners or our our uh, churchgoers i've seen that kind of happen where the, no you're not hearing from god well, how are you? How are you telling me that I'm not hearing from God? Because all these other things that I've been seeking after God for really line up with this is where I'm supposed to be going, and mm-hmm. you're not supporting me in that, and I don't understand why, because everything else says, yeah, I am listening to God, and that's what I'm supposed to be doing, and you're the only one that's fighting against that, and I. I don't think that's God. Yeah. I think you're going out of your own selfish ambition, which we really see that going on in the world now with just in mm-hmm. the church, out of the church, people want to follow whatever their itching ears want to hear. And well, even with that, like, like Andrew said, we weren't perfect. <laughs> I was pretty ornery when I went no, in there not after. All. Wait a minute. Are you so? Are you telling me you're human? Yes. And so um, we definitely were, we we weren't right about some things and stuff like that. And um, definitely uh, there was definitely places to be offended and hurt and stuff. Um, I just think that one of the things is, if you're listening, that it does get better, but it does take time. And so, um, especially when it's people that you really trust and you really believe in and uh, hope that they're going to be perfect, but they won't. Because, honestly, if you're doing that, you probably have your eyes off off Jesus a little bit. So, uh, just maybe refocusing on what's important is that Jesus is is there for you and, and that God cares about you and uh, that you don't just stay stuck. Because it's easy to stay stuck. Yeah. I, I, I've seen people get hurt by the church and just, and then completely leave the church and, and, uh, and leave God altogether. And, and, yeah. and I'm like, why, why you, to me, it's like, you weren't following God then you were following a human. If yeah. you're, if you're completely giving up on Christ and what he's done for you, um, going to the cross and 
being there for you um, and you're giving up on that because you were hurt by a man, then you were following a man and you weren't following Christ. And I, that, I really feel bad for those people that have been hurt and just completely give up their relationship with Christ. And yeah. maybe they, maybe they thought they were, you know, all following on the right track and then they got hurt and offended and, and uh, just let the enemy take over and did yeah. what the enemy wants to do is divide and conquer us. Um, I, I don't, I, and it, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, that pattern is, is everywhere, right? Whether it's, um, you know, the Me Too movement, right? The whole idea of for a little bit there, you know, and I celebrate like equal rights for women. I, I want people, I want my wife to get paid what she's, what she's due. Right. Um, mm. I, I don't want any man to manipulate her. I don't, uh, I don't want that for anybody, but, um, they're also in that same like movement was in a way like, uh, like that was a time where men really couldn't say anything. Right. It was a movement where like, men, you shut up this time for women to talk. And it's like, well, hey, listen, like not all men are bad. Not all men are manipulative. Um, I, I think the only reason why I point that out is, is Satan plays the same strategy everywhere. Yeah. So whether he does it in church and he says, hey, all churches are bad or it's outside of it and it's women's rights, race, you know, police brutality, same thing, mm-hmm. right? Like. Yeah, George Floyd happened, and so so all cops are bad. Well, no, that's not necessarily the case. I, I, I don't phenomenon is like I don't know why we're inclined to just throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Yeah, um, but that is a pattern. When you said that, George, it just it, that pattern just flashes through my mind pretty easy. Yeah, especially yeah. So I don't, with I don't, I don't, what you said. Um, you you even see that with. Like, and if you're one of them, well, calling you out. Um, if you're a white person speaking for an African-American person and saying this is what they want, they want no police, you better be checking your facts and, and know what's right <laughs> because most of the time, like, with African-American friends I have, they're like, that. even Paul, he's like, no, if we didn't have police it'd be chaos. And Mm. so, and even in like, go to like Harlem, they're like, the people in Harlem are like, even the gangster guys and all that. Some of them are like, well, we do need the police because if not, we're going to have to be a police and we're first off, we're going to kill that gang. And (laughs) right. Right. And we might kill innocent people and all that. And then the innocent people are like, no, we need police because if they're not here, then we're, we either have to move or we're going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, and you're right. It is going across everything because, you know, Satan goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Right. And it's, it's really, we see it. Satan attacks marriages trying to get in, bet- in right. between couples, because if you can tear down the family, you can tear down the, you know, you can tear down anything that's connected to the family. Yep. You know, and and that's why we need to be vigilant in our, like,
our standing for Christ and our forgiveness and our, you know, I'm going to try my best to be unoffendable. Um, but I, and I'm human and there's things that are going to offend me. And I also know that I'm going to have to need to get over those things. I'm going to need to forgive people. Um, and I'm, I'm never going to find the perfect church. I'm never going to find the perfect Christian community. And if I do, and there was a pastor that said this, so you're never going to find uh, um, the perfect church. And if you do, don't go there because you'll ruin it. Yeah. You know, just because, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're all we're all human. We're all fallible. We're you know, we're not Christ. We're ambassadors, and we need to do our best to bring Christ to all nations, to all people. And uh, I think when I think the enemy is doing a good job of trying to really pull us apart, um, and it's been going on since the beginning. You know, I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. Yeah. You know, they they both followed Christ. So, who are you know? Are you really following Christ? Or are you following that man? So funny you said that. I was looking at First John three, and it in uh, verse eleven, it says, um, "For this is a message you heard from the beginning: we should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who longed to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil, and his brother." Brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has injured eternal life residing in him. This is how we know we love is Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has uh, no pity on them, how can the love of God be that in that person? Dear child, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And um, I don't. Did you guys want to share more of your story? Sure. Do you want to tell about that particular one? No, you tell about the Arkansas one if you want. (laughs) Or I could tell about Ohio. Story. George, George, do you have a story? Yeah, there's definitely more than taken to (laughs) an eye. Yeah. Um. So the church I grew up in. I mean, I grew up in, I grew up going to a Catholic church, grew up Catholic. Um, and at some point I was in junior high and my mom was going to a woman's Bible study. And there were a lot of other ladies that went to a Catholic church. And there was a couple of, um, ladies that went to, uh, an assemblies of God Pentecostal church. And they talked about the Holy spirit and they spoke in tongues and they 
um, also were part of the Catholic Church who doesn't do that in their services. They don't, you know, they believe in the Holy Spirit. They believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and and there's definitely things that are doctrinal that are not ne- necessarily biblical. And um, even as a even as a young kid, I didn't always agree with things like praying to the saints. I was like, well, I think the Bible pretty much says that we go to Jesus for all that. Um, but it was just, it was a thing. It was, hey, you, Saint, uh, I think it was St. Anthony is the finder of lost things. So you lose something, pray to St. Anthony. But anyway, that was always kind of weird to me. So I didn't always grasp onto that. But there was a few times that I'd go to this Bible study with my mom and in the prayer circle in this in the rectory of this church, there would people be um, praying and speaking in tongues. And one of the one of the guys was um, he was Hispanic. I think he was I think he was Mexican. I'm not positive, but he was speaking in tongues. And I'm standing next to him, and I was like, "Man, that is so cool! I want to learn another language. I want to learn how to speak Spanish." because I want to be able to pray in tongues. That was like my seventh grade brain. That's how I picked up what I thought of, of praying in the Holy Spirit was just speaking, speaking, Spanish. speaking Spanish, like speaking another language, um, which it is. It's a heavenly language um, that we may or may not understand. Uh, and that, that, and that's, that's another whole rift between the church is that. Interpretation. Um, and uh, so anyway, one of my mom's friends was like, hey, if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, you should try this church. So we started going to that church as a family, and then we were doing, kind of doing both. Wednesday nights we'd go to the Pentecostal church, and on, um, on Sundays we'd go to the Catholic church because my dad really just wasn't into it yet. Yeah. Um, so we're going back and forth, whatever that, uh, until we made the shift to, we're just going to go to the assemblies of God church, um, all the time. And I sort of got involved in this group youth group and I wanted to follow hard after Christ and, and, uh, but it, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't really have anyone that came alongside me to mentor me. So I was just kind of like faking it till I made it and, uh, mm-hmm. kind of ran into a, a group of friends that really took me in and, and, um, they didn't always do the greatest things. I'm still good friends with all of them cause we've all grown up and, and changed or not not all of them, but a lot, a uh, few of them that are still my close friends. Um, but that's what people in that church knew me as, is just this kid that's doing drugs, doing stupid things, you know, uh, not following after Christ. And, uh, and I, and I wasn't, yeah, I, I, re- I, <laughs> I was riding the fence so hard. I, I wanted to follow after Christ and I didn't exactly know what to do. The the friends at church weren't really bringing me into their group, but this other group was, and we we're all a bunch of misfits. And but together we fit together. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Hey, these are some great guys." Well, the pastor of that church 
one of my friends, he grabbed by the neck and, and because he was smoking on the church property and put him up against the wall and told me he had to leave. So that was like one of my memories of growing up in that church. And uh, that pastor moved on, and I was still going to the church because if I lived in the house, I had to go to church with the family. Yep. And then I hit like 20 years old, 20, yeah, maybe 19, um, and met my wife. We were dating, and we were neither one of us were really walking with the Lord at the time. Um, but still, I was living at home, so I had to go to church. And, and in that time, God gripped my heart. Um, there was a, a pastor that I still, I still love this man. Um, he's very, Christ definitely used him in my life. Um, and started going to a prayer group and growing, growing in the Lord and got some great Christian friends, family, still brothers in Christ that still will lift me up in prayer and can call on them. And they'll be right there for me. Um, started getting involved with the youth ministry because I wanted to be able to be that mentor that I didn't have that would bring in the misfits that would, um, one of my youth pastor friends said this to me. He goes, you have a gift that I don't have. You can unlove, you can love the unlovable. And I didn't really get it, but he was looking for people that would just not, not that he was looking for people that would just follow, you know, follow Christ blindly type of thing. Um, but I could, I could connect with the misfits in a way that he couldn't. And he wanted me a part of his team, you know, <laughs> and, and, and we had a great team of a bunch of different groups of people and different walks in their life. And we're really ministering to these kids and, uh, was working with the youth and loving it. And, um, Ended up getting married. That uh, the pastor of that church uh, married my wife and I, and still working with youth ministry. And um, then that youth pastor left, and I um, was thinking, you know what? I I feel a calling on my life. I'm going to go for that position. And I told him about it and he said, go for it. I think you have a good shot at this. And he goes, but you need to write out a plan. What is your, um, like, what is your vision statement and have that for pastor? I'm like, all right, I did all that. And really in my eyes, it was a really good vision statement and, and really team minded. I'm still very team minded. Um, and, was supposed to have a meeting with pastor and right before it, my friend called me and that was leaving to go pastor another church. It was like, dude, I just, I got to let you know. Um, I already asked pastor about this and there's no way that you're getting a youth pastor position. He's already got someone picked out. I was devastated. Yeah. And part of the reason that he wouldn't pick me is I didn't have an education. I didn't have a college degree. Um, I was starting to 
do Berean School of Ministry, which is not like you can do it at home study. Um, and I knew that my pastor friend that just was leaving, he did that too, and, he, and they helped him through that. And he said, well, they'll probably help you through that. And uh, so I was really hurt by that, and I didn't feel it was, I also didn't feel that it was right to leave the church at that time. God wasn't telling me to go anywhere else. Um, but it really set me back. I stopped doing ministry classes. I, you know, I just was like, I, I don't know. I, I was, I was really hurt. And, um, but I still worked in, in the youth ministry as volunteer and, uh, became friends with the guy that they did have a youth pastor. And he really mentored him and mentored me and really spoke into my life. And, um, was really great for for uh, me to grow, and if it wasn't for him, I don't. I'm not sure that I'd even be in this position now. Um, just because he really like he he's like I want you a part of my team, and I'd like you to lead the junior high ministry. We created a, a, a like junior high church basically, and. Uh, did ministry and brought these kids up in leadership. And then when it was time for us to go, we moved, we moved. So uh, we didn't move out of state, but I wanted to be involved in church and the community and um, definitely brought some healing there. Yeah. But the, but the reason that I didn't really get the youth pastor position, I feel, and I, you know, and I might be completely off, but I don't think I am was, because I grew up in that church, and they knew me. A lot of the, the powers that be knew me before I was really following Christ, and that's how they kind of mm. looked at me, that this guy's just going to slip back into his old ways, and we're going to have problems. Um, like when, when, <laughs> when we did start going to the church and really following the Lord, I went to a it was a Sunday fellowship lunch, and I walk in and with my wife. We weren't married yet, um, but my mom was like, "Hey, you got to meet these friends of mine." And she goes, uh, "This is you know." I'm still friends with them, but I'm not going to say their names. But they know who they are if they they're listening. You know. And they said, "Oh, we're so glad you're here." We've been praying for you for years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> they know everything. Nice. And they still love me. That brought healing, you know. Yeah. That, yeah. you know. So even though I was hurt by people in the church, hurt by the church, there were, were people in that church that they God used to bring healing, and I'm still friends with them. They're still family you know, my kids call them uh, aunt and uncle and, and stuff and, and um, got in. And when it was time to move, we moved. Um, but, it, but still, I think back at that, it's like if they would have given me a chance, something really good could have happened there because we were bringing people in. We were, you know, kids that were on church. We were bringing them in. And loving them, and they were following Christ, and 
I'm still connected with a lot of those kids that they're leading amazing lives following Christ now, you know? And so that, I mean, it's like, I know I had an impact there. Yep. Um, yeah. So that, that definitely has brought, seeing those things has definitely brought healing from the hurt and helped me to go, you know, I could, I could really be mad at that pastor that didn't give me a shot and I can also be thankful that he didn't give me a shot. You know, I, I, you know, it wasn't probably wasn't the right timing. Yeah. You know, definitely. That's, I mean, it's hard because you're like, okay, but what did God maybe prevent you from? It's always yeah. something that I always think about. And I definitely think about that. And, and my friend that he really uh, believed me and was like, Hey, you're going to do this junior high ministry. And, and you're going to run with it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then anything I'd run by him, like, I'm good with that. You feel the Lord calling you to do that? I don't feel anything different. I'm good with it. And that really helped me. Um, and uh, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> it just it just helped me to continue to 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 heal and, to heal. Yeah. You know, to to be able to have that time that like. Hey, this guy does, you know, this guy believes in me. You know, this guy sees something. And uh and I appreciate him for for doing that. And you know, he helped me move out of that by by trusting in me to do that. And then when we did leave, we had the leadership set up that some of the kids that we brought up as leaders took over that junior high ministry. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That's good, man. I mean, even from your story, you talk about, um, because I think so many people leave as soon as they get the offense, but they don't have time to be healed in the same place that they got offended at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's what I, that's pretty cool in your story because I, I, I know for me, forgiveness is a choice. I mean, it's for everybody, right? But I've had to look at forgiveness as a choice. Like this is something I'm choosing and I need to do for myself. Um, I can't, I mean, we've all been in arguments with our wives, I'm sure, <laughs> but <laughs> Never. there's that moment, <laughs> that moment for me where Just I'm like, alone, this is a, yeah, I'm, I'm a bad husband, but, uh, there's that moment for me where I'm like, this is such a dumb argument. Yeah. This is so dumb. I'm not, the, and this doesn't happen very often, but so when it happens and I'm actually right and she's in the wrong, I'm like, no, like I'm going to make you understand that you're wrong. But then there's always the Holy Spirit that tells me, don't say that. <laughs> you just need to forgive. I don't want to forgive Holy Spirit. I don't care what you want to do. You have to forgive. So, so for, if you, for me, it's a choice. So if you guys want to know um, what Andrew just said was a pro-marriage tip, so do exactly <laughs> as he did in that moment and make sure your wife knows that you're right. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do yeah. that. Do not do that. I think it would go really well. <laughs> I think I think it, it brings connection and <laughs> and uh, brings you together more than tears you apart. <laughs> right. When Just you kidding. don't listen you wanna, to the whole when you don't listen to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> when when you tell the Holy Spirit, hey, take the back seat. <laughs> that also makes the Holy Spirit know 
that you know better than why he knows. Just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. So, but if you if you do, tell us your story. <laughs> but if you do, it's going to be a doozy. Let us know where you live now. We should do an episode about that. The the most craziest argument we've ever gotten. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to get confirmation if that was allowed. Well, of course, yeah, we'd have to be able, but it would be we'd like have to hey, check with the tower on that one. Breaker <laughs> one niner, uh, that's a no go. <laughs> It'd be a co-op machine, not co-op. Hey, how much time do we got? We got plenty of time. Oh, okay, I reset okay. the clock. Yeah. I'm going on vacation next week, so <laughs> we'll have two. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so were you going to continue with our story? Because I don't know where you were going to go. No, that's fine. We can. Because I was like, I I must have forgotten something. So go ahead, man. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah. Talking about my story in Arkansas? I, I don't know, or the other one, still. You're like, there's way more. Man, I, well, I was just saying, like, I was going to talk about anger. Like, for me, um, a lot of my unforgiveness always is, like, if I look back at any scenarios or situations, for, for me personally, I'm not generalizing this, but for me personally, it always starts with me with an outburst of anger. It's some that it easily trips me up. I think it's Proverbs 15 that talks about soft answer turns away wrath. That's not what I do, naturally speaking. So yep. um, when I when I wrote that and was offended, I allowed my anger right to sort of make an offense even worse than what it was. You know, and I mm-hmm. ruined Jacob's weekend because he worked <laughs> <right> there <laughs> uh, and all that. But there, that was all that I was going to say. I'm actually. Uh, I, I don't necessarily like talking about that time in my life over there just because I feel like as I get older, I, I can see like how I myself was full of pride in some of those Instances, scenarios. So I, yeah. Like as much as I could sit here and, and rag on what they did and how that hurt me, I could also see the other side where, you know, I, I wasn't an angel by any means. So, yeah. Um, the other place, though. <laughs> and, and we definitely aren't trying to rag. So if anybody's like, oh, you're ragging. Well, we're also talking about forgiveness <laughs> and all right. that and just telling our story of where we came from. But I'm, go ahead. And say, I think, like you said, as you get older, you know, as we mature and mature in Christ, like from when we were young and doing just stupid things because we're just not being mature and, and acting out in our anger, um, and you look back and go, you know what? They weren't completely wrong. They may have done some wrong things, but I did a lot, you know, and I did a lot of wrong things too. And, right. and, uh, and it's good, you know, we don't want to always look back at those things, but it's good to look back and go, you know what? I did grow from that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and looking like back now, like, yeah, I immediately acted out of anger then. Now I can look back and go, uh, you know, I'll do something stupid or whatever. You go, man, years ago, I would have just completely 
I would have wrote a big note that said I quit and threw my keys on the counter and left, <laughs> you know. But now I'm like, eh, you know what? I did some wrong stuff there too, and uh, if, I was guilty. if I if I do something, you know, if I do something stupid here, I'm just gonna have to go back and ask for forgiveness, and that might be a little more humiliating than <laughs> just yeah. like I'm gonna let this <laughs> offense go, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so, uh, if you want, you can talk about Arkansas, and I can talk about Ohio, if you want. Yeah, I, I, for sure. Because I, I definitely think that story of yours is pretty intense. So, yeah, cliffhanger people. Um, so, uh, <laughs> my my wife and I were youth pastors out in Arkansas, and uh, the whole honestly, really from the get go, the whole situation kind of was a red flag for my wife and I. For example, like this guy, this pastor, he was interviewing my roommate at the time. Um, and then like, cause I, I heard my roommate talk about this church and how he decided he was to maybe be their youth pastor. And then the pastor called me and started interviewing me alongside of him. Like I put two and two together. I'm like, this is the same church. Like this is the same dude. And from what I understand, my roommate was like, he basically had the job. And so I thought it was weird that this pastor interviewed me and was talking to me at the same time. And so I just straight up told him, I was like, Hey man, I know you've interviewed so-and-so like if it's between me and him, take him because that's not right that you're going to string him along. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can interview at the same time, but it was just really weird. Like they had one interview. I mean, my my roommate had multiple, so that should have been my first sign of like, Hey, maybe they don't necessarily do things uh, above board. But, uh, uh, that particular church is, I've mentioned earlier, um, you know, some churches like to dictate and tell you what to do and how you should live your life. And then also very quick to be like, Hey, you shouldn't be offended because I'm saying something to you. That, that church was kind of that way. It's very, uh, I want to use this word. I don't know if it's the right one, but authoritarian, like it's, it's very much like the pastor is the only one that can hear God and like, it's the pastor's way or the highway. And so for somebody like me who, who, if you guys do any numbers, I'm an eight, which is the challenger. It's very difficult for somebody like that for me to thrive in that kind of scenario. Um, You're a, but what, what was that? An eight. Which uh, no, is, what is that the, from? Sorry. Oh, the Enneagram. I don't know. Go ahead. I mean, it, it, if you Google it, it looks like a pentagram, but that's not what it is. Oh. <laughs> it's just like a personality a personality test. test. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, anyways, we've been there for two and a half years. Long story short, we just, there's a lot of things that went down. Um, we still have this recording, but like, you know, George, you're talking about speaking in tongues. We were in a, uh, a Holy Ghost service. I'm sure both of you are, are familiar with those types of services yeah i'm I'm pretty uh, familiar with like revival services for weeks on end (laughs) yeah well this one this guy we had a guest speaker he's super old thought he's gonna die on stage and he goes he he's just for those of you who know what i'm talking about when i say like there's like a 
most people have like a dialect when it comes to speaking in tongues, right? Like it doesn't necessarily change like that. Their prayer language is kind of their prayer language. Yeah. And like this guy for hours was like praying that way in the spirit. And I'm like one of the last ones. Like I'm literally one of the last ones to get prayed for. And homie like comes up to me and he starts like, like think of the most racist Chinese accent that you can think of. And that's how he started (laughs) speaking in tongues over me. (laughs) And I was like, I remember this vividly. Were you able to interpret it? (laughs) I'll get to this. Talk about the F cube podcast. I wanted to say something to him, but he, anyways, he does this, his wife interprets and I'm like furious. Like I'm so mad because I'm just like the nerve of the guy. Like I'm the only Asian dude here. Like it's not a coincidence that you've spoken in tongues the whole time. And then all of a sudden you have a Chinese dialect. And so this guy, he was running the sound booth. I'm walking back there. I'm mad. And he goes, man, isn't that awesome that God spoke to you in your native tongue? And I was like, bro, like, first of all, that sounds like Chinese. I'm Japanese. That doesn't sound the same. I was like, but I didn't say that to him. I, that was all in my head. I was just like, mm-hmm, yep, that's good. I was super offended that that happened. But uh, where, you, where were it, you at? It was uh, in a city called Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh it was, uh, I had, I had guest speakers. One guest speaker called me a Japanite. <laughs> I don't know what, what his, what his thought process was. The first Sunday that I was, one of the first couple of Sundays that I was there, my pastor, the way he would introduce me is, Hey, he looks like this because he's Asian. So, like, <laughs> oh gosh! So, I thought me saying what brand of Asian are you was bad. No man, <laughs> nah. He, I, I would say you know east side of Arkansas still highly racist, like at the time, um, and, and I wouldn't say a lot of that is intentional. I think a lot of it's ignorant, right? Like you grow yeah. up in that kind of culture. And then you just don't realize the times are changing. Yeah. I, I think, I think Where over I the years like, we've said a lot of people have just said a lot of stupid racist things. <laughs> and, and well, I don't, I didn't mean, I didn't know. I didn't mean to be racist. I didn't know that was racist, you know? Um, and it's just, it, it is. <laughs> yeah. Defending people. Like, um, and it, like I said at the beginning, celebrate your culture. Say yeah. where you're from. Yeah. You know, if you, it, and, and I'm, I'm the type of person that when you tell me that you're Asian and I say something like, what brand of Asian are you? Like, that's probably not the politically correct thing to say. But I literally want to know what Asian right. country are you from? You know, are you mm-hmm. Japanese? Are you Chinese? Are you from the Philippines? And because even like uh, if you've been to Japan and you've been to the Philippines, if you've been, to, you know, both of those, you see that 
They're both Asian countries and still very different. The culture mm-hmm. is still very different. It's all Asian countries are not the same, you know, right. just like all the state, all the States in, in the United States, we may speak English or American, but America. it's not the same. You go to state to state <laughs> and it's not the same, you know, and I'm definitely finding that out here in Utah coming from Chicago, coming from the Midwest area. Um, the West is different. Uh, the food's not as good. Definitely not, not as <laughs> you good. You take that back. I, I won't. <laughs> I won't take it back. <laughs> You're awful hot dogs. You, with tons you of don't lettuce you, and stuff. Never, there's no lettuce on the hot dogs. Relish and gross peppers. And what do you put on onions. a hot dog? You probably put ketchup on a hot I, dog. I don't stink you? and do. I stink and do. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I'm unsure of, did you finish that story? Well, I, that, that was just kind of, if that puts any picture in your mind of like offenses that I had to deal with and then you have what I call spiritual abuse where, you know, they, people in authority over you will use scripture to manipulate you to do things, um, yeah. that are unhealthy, you know? So yeah. that, that happens a lot at that church where they they would say we have to act a certain way or, or do a certain thing. The whole armor bearer thing, which you know, I'm all about serving, you know, your leadership. But when a lot of that stuff for me, man, like that, that's something that it's a revelation that of somebody who's serving you gets that and doesn't say, "Hey, I want to serve you in this way." Demanding that to happen, it's just I don't think that's scriptural. Um, I think Jesus is very anything when it comes to somebody realizing their mistakes. It's it's really the Holy Spirit that does the convicting in, in, in that aspect, not necessarily humans. But all that being said, we, we ended up, we actually stayed a lot longer because a lot of that was, and then um, my roommate who ended up getting hired with me at the same time, you know, he left. And then like for six months, we just kind of, kind of like you were talking about George, where you just stay, like you didn't really, we didn't really feel like God was telling us to leave because we didn't know where we were supposed to go. So, um, but you know, for, for us, we ended up later into our two and a half year, like moment or experience with them. We ended up moving down to Baton Rouge and there's a lot of like, for me, there was a lot of like, I don't want to do church anymore like I'm done with this I'm done with mm-hmm. church politics I'm done with spiritual abuse I'm done with people trying to tell me how to hear from God and and I don't even respect those people I don't look at that person's life and say hey you're a fantastic husband and you're a great leader you're an awesome father like all of those things you're terrible at you want to tell me how to live my life like I don't see fruit in your life and so I was just kind of like that's it that's over and actually the church I'm with now they reached out to Liz and I about coming on staff for them because they were launching the same year that we transitioned to Baton Rouge. And I told Liz, I was like, there's no way. Like, I don't want to do ministry anymore. Like, that was how offended I was at that church. Um, it took about a year. Really, my wife, God bless her, like she's, she would broach the subject. She would talk to me about, you know, hey, we need to get involved. Like, what do you want to do? Like, let's, let's talk through this. 
and, and I would say for, for anybody listening to man, uh, in order to actually walk through forgiveness, you got to be willing to choose to walk through that pain. Um, sometimes it's hard and I know it's not, it's never fun. It's never like <laughs> giggling, like, ha, this is great. I love doing this. Um, it's not, <laughs> it, it's, it's a, it's a daily decision of saying, Hey God, you, you didn't want me to be hurt in this situation, but God, you're going to teach me something through the situation. I know it. And, you know, like I said, if you got a, a wonderful wife who will do that for you or just a friend that will do that with you, like hold on to those people because um, be, it was really because my wife that were in youth ministry again at this other church for the last six years now. So, um, but yeah, that's my, my story about Arkansas. I, I try not to get too much about who they are, you know, and some of the spiritual abuse because to me it's not necessarily about that, right? Like, the offense happened. I, I'd much rather talk about just the importance of me forgiving them. Um, because I have no clue what they think of me. Like, I don't know. Like, and I don't think yeah. they'll ever listen to this, but, um, if I, and this is a, this is a tiny tip too for anybody dealing with unforgiveness. If I see their church like post something or cause they're all streaming now, right? Like if I see a post or if I see a, a stream and I have like a, a bad thought against them, I'll stop and pray for them right there. Like I'll be like, Nope, that's not right. I'm going to pray for them because the enemy will be really quick to try to throw that, that stuff back in your mind. It'll, you know, it, he'll be really quick to just be like, man, they suck. Don't they? And it's so easy. <laughs> wow. That, that's so cool <laughs> that you had like that. You have that revelation, so to speak, that you've gotten that healing to be able to, to go. Cause I, I know there's some things that I've seen from fellow Christians that I've been hurt by um, or felt offended by that I don't necessarily go pray for that person. And then there's those times that I do. But to have that realization like, man, I need to I need to I need to have some forgiveness there. They don't they probably don't even know they offended me, you know. Uh, they're still liking my posts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they still like what I do. <laughs> so, yeah, I, with what you said, Andrew, yeah, it's, it's a process, definitely. And so, like, for me and Jill, we went to Ohio, and uh, we uprooted our whole life. I stopped being a police officer, uh, which was a big deal because I was like, all right, God, I'm really going to take a risk. Um, and kind of risk the ocean of what, what this is going to be like. And, uh, it's our, our story kind of, there were signs too, <laughs> the way you're saying, um, before I actually gave a decision, they had already announced to the church. We said yes. <laughs> and so they actually had us posted on their like website saying like, Hey, you guys said yes, all this stuff. So I was like, well, well I, I guess like. I felt comfortable about it, but now I guess like <laughs> that's confirmation. I don't know. And so we're like, oh, I guess we'll take that as confirmation too. And so, um, we, we flew up. I mean, well, no, we flew up to Ohio to visit. It was really good. Um, and then we, but it wasn't a normal church day, which is really weird too. So it was like a father's day picnic thing. And it's really cool to see it, but I feel like, Maybe the next time I ever decide to 
venture out like that again, um, I'll have to really be like, I need to see a service, like a real full-blown service, and I want to know. I basically want to tag along you that whole day, like that kind of thing, and really see how you are. Because if a pastor's like, you need to get away from me, all this stuff, I feel like there's issues with that. Mm-hmm. And I might be wrong in that, but like if if I'm ever a pastor of a church, I really want to be like, hey, if my youth pastor or going to be youth pastor wants to sit in here and listen to me pray and worship, I don't care. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, it's not, that doesn't, all of a sudden God's not like, oh, you're limited now, you know. I'm just going to, I'm going to have to limit you, so. Uh, that so-and-so is in that room with you, you're limited. Now, if God's taught me, like, hey, you need to pray for them, because they ain't right. <laughs> like, they're not going to be your youth pastor. We'll go pray for them. That's fine. But, um, so, back on the story. Um, so, we move out to Ohio. Um, we go out there. It's really awesome. Like, everything falls in line. Everything's real good. Um, and, like, so, we're going through this big process of, uh, starting off with two youth kids, going through it, uh, everything's going really well. We double, triple, quadruple, whatever it takes. We have over 10 kids. Um, the main service um, holds about, like, maybe 100 people in that area. So we're at least at 10% or um, – and then all of a sudden we start to grow – like, we started doing activities and started growing. We stopped doing uh, youth group on Friday night. Or, no, we started doing youth group on Sunday nights. And more kids started coming and stuff like that. And so it was really good. Um, and so we started getting to, like, near the 20s. And so I'm like, hey, we're doing better than the main sanctuary. Because I talked to a couple of youth pastors, like you, Andrew, and stuff. I was like, are we doing good? Like, is this what is this? Like, is this good? And everybody's like, if you're doing 10% of the main service or higher, you're doing great. So I was like, all right, well, I'll keep striving. So this whole time I'm asking the pastor, like, hey, what do you need me to do? Like, what do you want me to do? And he just goes, follow your heart. Okay. I'm not really (laughs) sure where to go with that. (laughs) So he'd say that kind of stuff to me all the time. I'm like, that's not very helpful. And I even told him, like, hey, I I don't – you say follow your heart, but what does that mean? Just follow your heart. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> then it was more of these things that kept happening. And um, I'd be like, hey, so you want me to do a back-to-school bash? So I'm saying this up. And I'm like, what's the budget? There is no budget. you got to give me a budget because I'll get for king and country out here, and that's $20,000. Like, <laughs> you, you don't want to tell me there's no budget because I'll do it. Um and obviously, I did look into that, and it was $20,000 to get for King and Country. And I'm like, well, if there's no budget, I mean, I get for King and the Country. 20 Gs? That sounds insane. It is. But, the like, you have to say, like, I think it was, like, 200 people are going to come at least, at the least. And you're going to charge, like, 10 bucks. So that's the way you'd start. I don't know. Uh, it has to be way more. Yeah. And so... um so I was just like, okay, um, coming up with stuff. Um, we're doing really well. We're hitting momentum. We're doing good things. Um, and so we we start going and growing even more. And then youth camp's coming up. 
we go to this youth camp, which was a live festival, and you did all these bands. It was really good. And then we had another jolt in, like, more youth coming to the youth group and then kind of, like, leveled out. And so we're good leveled out at, like, near 20 again. So we're doing solid, but it's a solid 20. And so we're going, going, going. And then the next camp, I found it, and it was awesome. It was, like, the best camp I could have ever went to. Is like, the training center for the – um for one of the college football teams, like they go out there in Indiana and it's huge. It's an indoor football arena. It's so cool. And so um, they have apartments and all this stuff because the players come stay there. So it's, it's really cool. And um, we're like, uh, cool. We'll, we'll go to this. Um, from there, we like, like it like exploded. And so, we had tons of kids bringing kids, and we make a video. Um, like, we have tons of youth, and um, we make this video. And my during that time, like, our, our car had burned down, like, with my parents, <laughs> like, completely burnt to the frame. Um, they went to see Niagara Falls for whatever reason. Our car burned down. Luckily, God told Jill, like, hey, you should probably put full... Full insurance on that car is paid off. There's no reason to put full insurance on it. She puts full insurance on it like the month before it burns down. The insurance company is probably like, did they do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, God's already lining up what disaster is about to come. And so um, the pastor's talking to me and like before youth camp, he kind of talked to me kind of like, hey, you need to go take the van and go down to this poor start or poor mm-hmm. spot in uh, in Ohio and go pick up kids with pizza. And I'm like, hey, I, I feel like that's a big liability because I'm not getting waivers. I I don't know if they're going to tell their parents where they're going, and I'm not going to get in a bunch of trouble because you want me to do that. I'm not trying to be defiant or anything. Um, Oh, wait, no, he told me that after we went to camp. And I was like, but I, I don't, that's that's creepy. It's not It's not something normal. I'll go tailgate, bring pizzas, and they can hang out at the football game. Like, that makes more sense to me, and I can tell them who we are from Youth Alive and stuff like that. Um, And so he's like, okay. And so he leaves the office, and then probably about, like, 20 minutes later or something, right before the main service comes, he just chews me out. He's like, hey, I want you to do this and this and this, and you're not doing it. And I was like, you have never told me this. You've never told me any of this. Like, this is the first time I'm hearing you say, like, you wanted me to take the van down to the, to, to go do this stuff and all this stuff. And I'm like, so I'm, I'm blown away. Like, so – my part that I want to own is maybe I wasn't as good of a youth pastor as I could have been. Like I could have done more. Maybe I, I did work two jobs. So there and somewhere else. So it wasn't, I wasn't able to go to schools cause I worked all week long and was off weekends. So maybe I could figure something out to be better in the schools or whatever. But um, overall it was like a country church in the country. So, it was 30 minutes away from that town I was talking about. And if a parent was, like, livid, 
that was also my other reason I told him was that if they were mad, I I would have to leave the church service I, I'm doing on Wednesday night, take them down back home, and drive another 30 minutes back. By the time I did that, everybody would be gone. And so um, that, I think it was, maybe it was the same day. Um, pretty sure it was. I can't remember. But um, he has me go in the office with Jill and um, just goes like, hey, uh, with like board members, eight, well, not board members, just one board member, his wife, and uh, his, uh, I, I don't remember who else. Oh, his son. It, it seemed like they're trying to intimidate, like, don't fight me kind of thing. Because I was like, I'm not going to fight you. Um, and so he's like, well, um, you you haven't met what I wanted you to do, so we're going to let you go. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah. And me and Jill both looked at each other like, what the crap? We moved all the way across the country to do this, and then you're just going to let us go without anything you you just chewed me out this morning about this and didn't even let me try to like do anything and so um they're like all right well so what felt weird is his son he hired him to be like the worship leader so i felt like it was more of a hey i need you out so i can pay my son for this that's how it felt i don't know if it was like there's always two sides of the story um, and then so that happened. Um, they did say, hey, we'll give you a severance. So I was like, I feel like I'm getting laid off. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they give us a pretty big severance. At that same time.